0: That's good, eh? I've really been just meditating and, and resting on like on that place of when we behold Him and when we look at Him and when we gaze upon Him and what He did, how, and what it does to us, how it transforms us. And um, and also just how that's over time. it's, it's That's happened in the Bible, right? And that's, it's done that in, to His people. And I wanted tonight, I want us to just, um, I want us to jump into a little bit of Scripture. We're going to read some Scripture together, and we're going to let the Scripture show us what they saw and how they responded to it. And, um, and then we're going to look at our own lives, and we're going to go, okay, well, how do we look and have we seen, really? Um, because I believe without that, actually, without having seen it, out of experienced that, we're, we, if it's futile, man it's futile. We have to see Jesus. We have to we have to behold Him. We have to experience Him. We have to understand that which He's done for us, else really we just, I don't know, I think we're just getting washed along with a crowd. And we don't have a conviction, our own conviction. We may be caught up in a culture of believing or a culture of church or a culture of people. When you remove that culture, what's left? What will stand? And I hope that it's not only culture, but it's conviction. It's a conviction within your heart that when everything else gets removed, you stand, because you know it's true. Um, and then I think in the times we are in, and in the, in the times that are uh, fast approaching us, culture's changing very quickly, actually. And culture will change very quickly, but the truth r- must remain. And that truth is anchored in a f- conviction, and, and that truth is and, and that conviction must stand, and must be. We must own it. So I want to. I want to. Um, maybe let's. I mean, we all know this scripture. Well, I don't know actually how much I've preached it much in here, in in a minus. But I mean, Josh, Jen. If you think about Josh, Jen, the scripture that it's the kind of our slogan scriptures. Acts 2:42. You guys know that, right? And they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and 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 uh, and prayer. And this is really the church that we want to see. So maybe for you visiting tonight, that is what we believe the church should look like and we want it to look as close to that as possible. So we we build along go- in God's pattern to try and see that. But, but but what produces that? And let's let's just have a let's jump into this the scripture together, read it and pull it a little bit apart together, but maybe just a little bit of context of Acts 2:42, it's, it's it's Pentecost and Peter as um, the Holy Spirit has just fallen um, on, the, uh, on a whole bunch of the disciples, and uh, a lot of people are perplexed, amazed. Some are even mocking because they don't know what's going on. And Peter gets up and he stands up to the whole crowd. They must have, well, I mean, later on in the Scripture, it says I think in 3,000 were added to them in that day. So there were a lot of people there. He gets up and he begins to explain what has just happened, Right? Um, he begins to explain to them what the Holy Spirit, that that was the Holy Spirit, and that was prophesied in Joel. But he also tells them, actually, that this man who they have just crucified, who he is, actually, who is the Messiah, and he is Jesus. And um, and he, actually, he just pretty much tells them that they've just killed him. They've just killed the Messiah. They've just killed the true king, right? <laughs> and that must have hit them pretty hard because... Um, And they must have grasped it and understood it for the first time. Because it says this, therefore, uh, I'm going to read from from, uh, verse 36. This is the NIV version. Um, You got that up there? It says, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. There we go. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Now this is Peter speaking to them, and he's telling them, "You, you've crucified him." When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and to the other apostles, "Brothers, what shall we do?" Some translations say, "What do we need to do to be saved?" And Peter says to them, "He says, when the people, uh, sorry, Peter says to them, he says, 'Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins.'" And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. So that's, that's actually us, too, right now sitting here. You know that. For all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them. And I love that. He used any means necessary to warn them and to tell them about the state that they were in and what they had just done and how they were to actually get out of it. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted this message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And then verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now, they devoted themselves to this, right? As a result of being cut to the heart of seeing Jesus, they devoted themselves to... To, to learning more about Him. They knew enough to know that if they want to devote themselves to Jesus, these are some of the things they need to devote, them, devote themselves to. This is how you devote yourself to Jesus. This is what it looks like worked out on the ground, right? Because we can go, hey, I'm devoted to Jesus, and there can be no fruit, and you can say, well, that's empty words. They knew that their words had to have action and oomph behind it, and this is what it looked like, Right? So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to one another who had need. Every day, this is crazy, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. It's like having church every day. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, that's a long portion of Scripture, but it tells us a big story, an incredible story of really what these early Christians came to revelation of and how they responded. And um, I want to I dive into into Verse 42. Because I think our generation, well, maybe it's just through lack of knowledge and understanding, but I think there's something, often we, we use words or we read words, and we don't quite understand what these words mean or the full weight of what these words carry. I want to look at their word quickly, devote, or devotion. It says, they devoted themselves, and then to a number of things afterwards. What? Devote. And if you just look it up in the dictionary, it says, give all or most of one's time and resources to either a person or activity. All or most of. So not a little bit, not, hey, I just, you know, a little bit, yeah, when I feel like I can. They're devoted, we're devoted. Given over to the display. another another meaning of it. So it's completely given over to reflecting something or to being part of something. And I lo- you can you can take that scripture uh, that verse in acts 242, and if just p- simply by doing this, put a, put emphasis on those first three words differently. just go they devoted themselves, they devoted themselves. they devoted themselves, they devoted themselves." <laughs> it says like it says quite a lot. you just. Put emphasis on those first three words, and if you read it yourself a couple of times, there's a huge emphasis on them taking responsibility and giving of themselves to this devotion, and what the devotion looked like. Um, but there's a reason to this; you see, it does not just happen. It wasn't just because of an expectation or anything like that. It was because they'd been cut to the heart is because they had realized what they had done and their participation in what had happened in the crucifixion of Jesus and actually who he was. Have you you ever done anything you, like, deeply regret? No. Only a few of you, right? Like, you've just done it, and then the realization comes upon you, like, oh my goodness, what have I just done? Like, you know, you get, uh, uh, you get like that b- almost butterflies and there's a tingling feeling that starts somewhere around this area. And it like <laughs> moves its way up and you get like this cold sweat and you're going like, <gasps> you know that feeling? Eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it like regret enters you. Like oh my goodness, what have I just done? I remember a story. That I'll just sh- be, uh, share a quick story with you. I was about, mm, I could have, maybe it must have been about, seven years old when you pre what pre-primary school what age is that up to six so we we are oh imprinted into my me- my memory we had a, c- a school concert like a christmas concert that we were there was going on and and we had these massive school lockers do you remember that ever like there were these pigeonhole type things and they were on wheels you guys remember that and then when you go to school and you would put your your bag or your lunchbox or whatever and they all had little numbers and your y- or your name or whatever on it and these were movable. These, but there was like a hole. It was almost like a size that like, oh, probably only this high, uh, b- and probably about that wide. And I don't know, probably from here to the speaker long. But it's, it's wood. And um, and I remember we were busy practicing or something for this school concert. And um, I was pushing one of these, one of these, um, whatever you want to call it, casa, kas- casta, whatever it's called, eh? lockers. And I remember the teacher saying to me, "Don't do that and for some reason I had for some reason I didn't listen <laughs> like like any any good good young man <laughs> no. I didn't listen, and I just carried on pushing this locker, and somehow this locker got out of control and it fell over it was and under this locker was this little girl. she couldn't have been more than I mean, no, she's also been seven years old. Her name was Julie. And uh, this locker fell, like, she fell on her leg and broke her leg. Like, can you imagine how I felt in that moment? I mean, forget about how she felt. (laughs) Like, I just knew in that moment what I had done. And I had disobeyed completely. I'd just been completely disobedient and my direct result of my actions had been breaking this little girl's leg and I was overcome with remorse and regret and just what have I done how can I change this unfortunately I couldn't it was too late I'd already done it but that feeling stuck with me to this day actually look I actually went home I didn't tell my parents because I didn't know what to do like I was like I mean what do you do (laughs) I didn't and um so we went she was she was the the star on the Christmas tree I think it was she was the Christmas tree and so we go to the school play and uh there's this little girl with all the I don't know whoever dancing around her and she's sitting on a chair with a broken leg and a cast, going like this, like three days later, and my parents, so we get home that night, I still haven't told my parents, obviously the teachers have told my parents what's happened now, I'm just like seven years old, so I don't comprehend that, get home, and my mom's like, she comes and puts me, in bed. she goes, so how did that little girl break her leg, <laughs> 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 boom, <laughs> and it just all came out, like, and I was like devastated, and I was crying, and I was, I was but just, I remember so clearly, and anyway, Afterwards, me and her became friends and we went to high school together. So we've known each other. But like that, it stuck with me, man. Regret. Like, I guess I was cut to heart in a very shallow way. Because I hadn't murdered somebody. These Jews had murdered Jesus, they had killed him. And now they've come to the realization that he is the Messiah. Can you imagine how they felt? Just. Think about that for a second. Like, Imagine imagine you kill someone and then you realize what you've done. Now here's the thing. All who have come to Christ in faith are guilty of His blood. Every single one of us, every one of us, as you sit there, are the ones that nailed Him to that cross. It's our sin. That nailed him to that cross. Our sin. That's that's hectic. That's weighty. Think about that for a second. That Jesus died on the cross because of you. Not only because of them, because of you. He's outside of time. (laughs) Just think about that. Romans 5 verse 8 says, But God... Demonstrates his own love for us while we were still sinners. While we were still sinners, he died on the cross for us. For the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's heavy, eh? It's heavy. Because we removed two thousand years, we removed from the physical moment and situation of this. We feel a little bit removed from it often, but we don't realize that it's our sin that actually pinned Jesus to the cross. It's it's for us that He came to die. So as they were cut to the heart, and what it produced in them, are we cut to the heart? Do we, oh, do we have a revelation that 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 price paid was for us? if we don't, we spoke about it last week, there is an element of self-righteousness in us if we think that that's somehow foreign to us. And once once we we see that, we'll do anything for him. He becomes the Lord of our life because he's purchased us with his sacrifice, with his blood. Because he's the one that paid for our sins. It's weighty, eh? And this is what they saw. And we'll get just now to how they responded, actually. But I love this next scripture because it actually instructs us to encourage each other, to be devoted to these things, right? And it talks again about this, about responding to this gra- the grace, responding to the message of, of the cross. Let me start at the beginning though, Hebrews 10 verses 24 to 30. It says, And let us consider how to stir up or encourage one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more uh, all the more as you see the day drawing near. There's an encouraging of one another to be devoted, encouraging to fellowship and encouraging to, to, to learn more about Him. And there's, in the, in, in, um, there's just this, this um, uh, stirring up. This encu- this, the, well, the great best word there is encouraging. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for us, for sin or for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment. Him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. Wow. So once you have seen it, once you understand it, you cannot continue down that road. Because again, we, have, we actually have the ability to trample underfoot the Son of God. It's, it's, if, if we do not receive and live in that grace that God has given us, we actually, we begin to, and we continue down that road, we begin to trample underfoot the Son of God. That's, there's quite some scriptures there. But it, earlier on in the scripture, it's encouraging us not to do that. It encourages us, don't go down that road, don't do this, don't neglect the gathering of saints, don't neglect us coming together because they know that this helps inoculate us against that actually. The fellowship, the learning, the understanding, the belonging to one another, it's God's way of going, okay, I'm, I'm going to keep you safe in this. I'm going to help and teach you along the way. Don't neglect that, because if you neglect that, you ha- you're in danger, actually, of continuing in your sin, and continuing down that road, and again trampling the Son of God underfoot. Because we were those that trampled them underfoot. We were those. It was us, and our sin, that caused them to be safe caused them to die on the cross. So we have, to, we have to have this place, this understanding of actually the price that he paid for f- to enable us to be together, to enable us to belong to one another. And when we look at, when we look at that and we understand that, and we allow that to cut us to the hearts and penetrate us, it, it produces something within us. they had this revelation of, of when they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, they learnt more about God and his ways. They learnt more lo- about what he was like and how to, to, to reflect him. They knew that through fellowship, they got to love one another the same way that he had loved him. They got to live it out. They knew that by breaking bread together, they could remember the price that he had paid. They could remember what he had done for them. There wouldn't be, there'd be less chance of them to, to, to drift and to forget. They were devoted to praying together, to the, the prayers as well. So, not only just praying together, coming together regularly at, at scheduled interval times to commune with the Lord, to pray to him, to communicate with him co- corporately and individually. There was this devotion to that because they knew that if they pursued a relationship with him, it would actually keep them safe in him. They remained in him. And it's interesting for me, like as we as we move forward in life and as we come together in church and that to to, to ask ourselves the questions is and really and I this is I think this is something i want to ask the question is and i maybe ent- you can entitle it confronting your priorities and this is really like it's, it shouldn't be a heavy but it's just the truth like if you hold the definition of devotion up here and you and you match yourself against it i mean you the, the fruit will be evident in your life and you're the one that must make th- make the decision whether y- y- you're devoted or not and i want to maybe throw out a few I guess there are a few reasons we cannot be devoted, right? Or maybe uh, I, I, um, I actually wrote a few of those things down. And, and I think the, the lack of devotion just shows, or will we'll point to the fact that maybe Jesus is not the Lord of our lives. when We're not devoted to him and to his ways and to his people. It could be things like work. Work could be more important. It may, work may be a priority in your life. Not God. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying here. There's, there's a balance in these things, and there's being faithful with what God has given you as well. But when work becomes the most important thing, and it continuously, continuously affects my maybe coming together with the saints, because it says, don't neglect that in Hebrews, maybe it's a problem. Maybe coming together with the saints and being devoted to God and reflecting Him is not your priority. I'm, this, this is what the Bible says. I'm just showing you. Maybe your hobbies. Like, the wave's are always good at 5 o'clock on a Sunday. <laughs> but that's the truth. I remember growing up like that. Like, I used to run a lot. I used to, I used to um, race competitively. And for some reason, all r- races on a Sunday morning. And I had to make a decision. What Im- what's more important to me? Racing? Coming to church. And yes, I race occasionally still. But I actually had to put that aside and like, I'm following Jesus. I want to be devoted to him. And there were times where I could, like, maybe a couple of races in a year, like, we would go away for a weekend and we would do it. But that wasn't, my devotion wasn't to that. My priority wasn't that. I had to ensure, constantly auditing myself, am I drifting here? Where is my devotion? Because you will see. You, <laughs> it, you will see very quickly by the fruit of somebody's lives, the evidence in their life, what are they truly devoted to? What are their priorities? Family. When I say family, we meant to be family. So I'm not talking about this. family. I'm talking about your blood family, right? Your kids, your extended family, your in-laws. I don't know anyone. Come, the, the, like, is that taking priority over God's ways, over His house, over the King and the kingdom? In your life. And we can justify it beautifully well. We're really good at justifying things. So I'm not going to try and say exactly what that looks like. But you are the one that's got to audit your own heart. You've got to put it next to that template or the definition of devotion and decide for yourself. Are you really devoted to him or not? Comfort and convenience. These things come, they very quickly become... My priorities. It's, I don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like going to church with a bunch of people that I don't really have anything in common with. And it's hot on the, I'm not saying me. I'm just saying, <laughs> this is what people say, right? It's hot today. It's like too hot to go to church. I don't want to go to the beach. Let's go swim, man. Like we've been to church three weeks in a row. We don't have to go to church this Sunday. Well, okay. It's just clearly showing where your priorities are. I'm not being. I'm trying not to be heavy, but I'm. I'm really wanting to just put up the true definition of what the word is and show you what the Bible says about this. And let's look at our own lives and stop like pretending. Ask the real questions. Are we devoted? Are we devoted to Him? Are we really devoted to Him? And there's a few reasons why maybe we're not. Because we might just not understand. We might not know. So through nec- lack of knowledge, my people will perish. Right. So. We want, it, And this is what this is for, teaching you, telling you what the Bible says. Now you know. You can't use that excuse anymore. <laughs> Hebrews 10 says, encourage one another not to neglect the meeting of the saints, not to, to be devoted to the apostolic, to be devoted to fellowship, to break all of these things together, right? So, so now you know you can't use that excuse anymore, right? <laughs> maybe compromise has become a habit. And what once maybe was very important is not no longer so important anymore. And compromise is a funny thing, eh? Because you start wa- start with a little bit, and eventually takes over. And I think of, I think there's a st- well, there's a story in 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 uh, Kings about um, the king. It was Jeroboam. He took over the. He was the next king after Solomon. And uh, it was when the when the nation of Israel split in two. There was Judah and there was Israel. And he introduced the two calves, one in Bethel and one in Dan. And uh, he said to the people, "It's too far for you to come to Jerusalem." Or to yeah, it was to Jerusalem, to the temple, to come and worship every um, every uh, twice a year. I think it was too much mission for you. I'm just paraphrasing. We're going to give you your own mode or method of worship. We'll build a a, a golden calf um, in Dan, and we'll do one in Bethel, and you can go there and worship. And these are the gods that brought you out of Egypt. He brings compromise into the nation of Israel. Every single king after him did not turn from his ways. He may have done something, but oh, you'll see. And, and I, I think we're well, the kings here. I've got them. Well, not, The sin of Jeroboam it haunted the later kings of Israel, all of whom practiced idolatry: Zimri, Omri, Johaz, uh, Pekahiah. like I can't even name all the guys. But they would do maybe one or two good things, but yet still they did not turn from the sin of Jeroboam. It was, it was actually idol worship, idolatry. Compromise. And what once was, was no longer. Crept into this, and Israel is no longer. Judah is, but Israel is gone. They are de- they've dissipated. No one even knows where they are anymore. The tribes have lost. The, Jew- the Jews are still there, but the, those, those guys are gone. Because compromise crept in and they were idolatrous. And maybe the third reason is you have genuinely not actually just been cut to the heart. Maybe you haven't seen and understood really and properly the price that Jesus paid for you. You haven't maybe understood that it's your sin and you were the one that was responsible for putting him on the cross. Like those Jews when Peter stood up and said, you who crucified him. You don't understand that that's you or part of that crowd, actually. And yes, you can turn to him and salvation will come to you. But before you turn to him in that state, it's, your, it's you and it's me. And if you haven't seen that, there's probably no hope for devotion, to be honest with you. It's just going to be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be devoted if I hadn't seen that. Because it's hard. It's hot. It's hot. <laughs> I'd rather be at the beach. <laughs> but I've seen Jesus, but I understand that. And I'll go to the ends of the earth for that. I'll come back early from honeymoon because there's a gathering. I'll uproot my family and come to Hamanas from Cape Town because I know the Lord is in this. I'll leave Mossel Bay and come to Cape Town. I'll do these things because he is my Lord and I serve him. And every single one of us actually need to live that life. And there are areas in my life that I'm not I'm just I'm not perfect. I'm continuously finding areas in my life that aren't submitted to Him and trying to make them sum- submit to Him and subject to Him. I'm going to go. Uh, okay, I'm nearly finished. I'm going to put. The, I just want to put that template up here for us. And I, I don't want this. Isn't I really hoping this isn't a heavy? But there is some weight to it, as we as we really evaluate our own lives. So, for example, let's use scenario A. Gatherings coming up. I put that announcement up just now. Two weeks time. Two weeks time. Seventeenth. So they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Okay, we we're part of an ap- field of uh, apostolic field, and at the gathering we will have apostolic input. It's not just me preaching. <laughs> it would be somebody that we recognize as carrying the gift, uh, uh, apostolic gift, carrying the office. Bringing direction, tweaking things, has a grace in their life, doing things that I can't do. Right? So, are we devoted to that? Are we going to that so we can learn? Not just for the sake of learning, not just because I'm saying, hey, it's important, but going because we want to learn what God is like because we want to reflect Him. Going because our family is going and people are coming, maybe people are coming into membership that are part of this family. That's an important moment. So, maybe you've got friends that are coming, they've phoned you a couple of weeks ago and they want to come stay over for the night. And it happens to be that night. How do you how do you communicate that now? How do you how do you model devotion and because you know what's you you know what's important, or do you just go, Ah, my friends are coming, I'm gonna stay with them. Would you have the conversation with him? Say, "Hey, listen, I have got a really, really important meeting that I need to be actually. wanting. You're more than welcome to come with me. You guys can open the. He has the we'll hide the key for you. Open yourselves in. We'll be back a little bit later. It's just always your first default to go. oh, I can't go, my friends. Here, your kids got sport, cricket, rugby. I don't know. Hey, my kid's sport. This is like this is more important. In that moment, what are we modelling to our kids? Are we devoted to them? We're devoted to Jesus. It's like it's a big. And you hear what I'm saying? There will be times where, hey, but we always got to be weighing these things in our heart. It's my birthday. Um, I'm, ha- I'm having a bra and I'm inviting a bunch of people. Ah, it's on a Saturday, man. I, like we're gonna we're gonna stay here in bra. You guys go to the gathering. Okay. Priorities. Your birthday is a priority for you. It's just evident. You you can see by evidence, by fruit, you can see where somebody's priorities are. And yes, we can try and justify it and go, yo, but this and it was so important and it's like, you know, everybody came from far and, and, yo, maybe. I'm not the one judging you. I'm just saying. This is what it says in the Bible. Judge for yourself (laughs) where your priorities lie. Scenario number B, it's community tonight. It's a Wednesday evening. It's community night. This is when the household of God come together just it's the way we do it. not only on Wednesday nights, but it's a time we set aside for that, right? I actually spoke to the leaders about this as well, and I want to encourage you guys and speak to you guys about it. It's your birthday. Let's use that example again. Do you pop on your WhatsApp group, on the, co- on the community group? Hey, guys, it's my birthday. I'm going out to dinner with the family. See you next week. Okay. Fair enough, but what have you just communicated to every single other person in your group that they're not family? The Bible says we're family. The Bible says we belong to one another. The Bible says we've been joined to one another like we've been So i have just told you I'm not your family because I'm going to I know what you're really saying, but I'm just helping you with communication. Because very quickly that slight communication filters in and it becomes the culture. But our culture is one of family. We are the people of God. We are a family. We are devoted to His ways and His things. So, hey, cool, it's my birthday. This We're going to have a lekker of on Wednesday evening for my birthday. And tomorrow I'm taking my wife and the kids for dinner. Same thing. Just change things around a little bit. See, you, uh, are you with me? Is this all right? is right. This is right. Sure. <laughs> also, maybe Wednesday evening, I have guests or work colleague or somebody coming over. Like they're, c- they're coming to stay over. Cool. Don't just opt out of community. Why don't you invite them with to the community? great opportunity for them to see family experience and maybe your community's a little bit weird that's okay (laughs) it's all right take them with i remember i've been in situations and this has not always been the most i've not always been the most popular in my own blood family but i've had family drive all the way from cape town we were living in Mossel bay to come and see us we had meetings like, already planned, and d- like, it was an important time We sit and listen, guys. We can't. You, c- it was just a little unplanned, a little like, we, we've got to go to this w- w- when we come back. It wasn't very popular. They didn't understand that. <laughs> but um, maybe I could have done a little bit better. Maybe I was a little bit kind of in my younger days. <laughs> Passionate. <laughs> There's wisdom in the way we communicate these things and do these things as well. We want to bring people along on the journey with us, right? maybe you're going, oh, maybe, again. Okay, let's go, oh, yeah, sorry, are we still on scenario B, I'm nearly finished, um, you guys are right, I'm going a little, 35 minutes here, you guys alright? are right, I know it's hot, you, are you concentrating still, you're devoted to listening, fantastic, Maybe you've just had a fight with your spouse. Remember, it's community now. It's still Wednesday night. Maybe you've just had a fight with your spouse or one of your friends or something. You're grumpy and you do not feel like going. Okay, what does that mean? Are you who are you devoted to? You or, or God's ways? Because the household, of the family of God's gathering. To. Me and Marga used to fight every Wednesday, religiously, every Wednesday. It was like a given. It's going to happen. It was like, "Get ready for the fight. <laughs> on our way to community. <laughs> it was like the enemy knew. Obviously, if it's that easy to get you out of com- to get out of family and out of community, Satan's going to throw that ball. I left it on once. So. The Satan's going to throw that ball in your court every week. It's just if you fall, if you fall for it, he's going to throw it at you. There's another one. Everyone's away. I'm not going to go tonight. No one's there anyway. You know, it's just, well, then, okay, but who are you going for? Are you going for you or are you going to give, actually, for the maybe the one or two that are there? Well, I love this. I think, Colin, you've mo- you've modeled us so well. Actually, I was thinking of you when I wrote this down. My car's not working. So, cool. Maybe your car's not working. Do you just go, oh, I'm sorry, my car's not working? Do you make every effort to get there? Well done. Very, very well. Like, I've just, like, really. You've, I've watched, I mean, they've got car problems at the Mogan. Made every effort for the last two weeks to be at every single meeting. Just devoted to, th- this, is a, this is a value you've got. You've been around a long time. You've understood the value of being devoted to, to fellowship, devoted to coming together. And last one, scenario C, it's Sunday. <laughs> Our community's on duty. <laughs> I'm not going. <laughs> it happens. Well, been three weeks in a row. I deserve a break. I mean, yeah, yeah cool. But if that's the way you look at family and church, then okay, you just measure your priorities. Or, not like I'm the greatest preacher, but Ross isn't there. I'm not coming this Sunday. Right? Right? So how do we, how do we arrive at these things? And these are just, I'm just throwing these scenarios out there, because often when you throw scenarios out there, they're kind of just, they, they poke. That's all I'm doing. And I'm not poking for me, I'm just wanting to show us how we think, and actually what the Bible says. But ultimately, we do these things because we cut to the heart. So tonight, maybe, we're, we're going to come to an end, but tonight, maybe, you realize, as I've been speaking, you've realized that, um, hey, I'm actually not as there are areas in my life that aren't devoted. I want to, I want to renew my devotion to Him because I want to follow Him, and I know that's my all of our hearts are like that. No one's heart's bad, but we get, we get distracted. So if that is you tonight, and you want to, you want to renew your devotion to Him. And maybe as I've been speaking, even some of those examples or whatever, have just gone, oh, yeah, that is me, actually. I could do better at that. Maybe I don't, well, I mean, maybe not every week I have to go to the kids' rugby game. Like, just using an example. And you want to renew your devotion to him tonight. Don't you want to stand with me? Because, to be honest with you, I want to deno- renew my devotion to him every day. So maybe just, let's close our eyes. Close our eyes. And if that's you, and as I've been speaking, maybe the Holy Spirit's been working and He's been just showing you a few things. Maybe you realize you haven't, you actually, you've you've forgotten the price that He paid for you. And you want to renew your devotion to Him tonight. Don't you want to stand with me? Just keep your eyes closed. Thank you, Jesus, Holy Spirit. I'm assuming we all know Jesus. And this is a, just a renewed devotion to Him, a renewed, um, yeah, you know, just a renewed passion. Lord, I pray that you would just come and in, sow come in a sober, fresh passion into our lives, Jesus. That we would be utterly devoted to you and your ways, Father, to learn more about you, to love one another, Lord God, never to forget that what you did. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.